Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. This is the show for women who are tired of feeling tired. They're sick of the to-do lists and the constant juggling of balls and spinning of plates, and they are ready to start putting themselves first again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Best Self Podcast. It's your host, Nicola Fulstow, and today we are talking about a term that I literally could not hear more of in my circle of mum friends, and that is mum guilt. If you are a mother and you're listening today, I doubt I even need to explain to you what mum guilt is, because I am unaware to date of any mother friends that I have who have not experienced this. So I want to begin by almost saying that if you do experience a lot of mum guilt and it gets you down at times, then I always want you to just remember that you are definitely not alone. In fact, the opposite of that, I think it's universal Certainly in Western culture, this mum guilt, this feeling that we are just, you know, we've let somebody down somewhere. So the reason for me recording today is that I've recently been through a bout of illness, which actually came about because our eldest daughter was sick. So in taking care of her um, for a few days, I obviously, (laughs) she shared the joy with me and I ended up really, really poorly. And during that time of being poorly, obviously, my husband, Simon, stepped up to the plate and was doing school runs and cooking and doing all the stuff that, you know, he does some of, but usually I do the bulk of. And he just sort of picked all that up and took over and and ran with that. But as I was in bed feeling rather sorry for myself, I noticed how difficult it was for me to be ill as in how difficult it was for me to relax and take care of myself. And that for me is always a red flag. Obviously the glaring massive red flag was that I was ill in the first place. I was clearly run down, but I really tuned in to how difficult I was finding it to be still and to not be doing. It reminded me of where I was a number of years ago when the girls were much younger, they were probably about three and two at the time. You know, I always look back and think, what people don't tell you about having children is that from the moment they arrive in the world, I don't know what it was like for you, but for me as a mum, my life was never and has never been the same. It was literally transformed overnight. And I know that in some logical understanding of what being a mum is and having a baby is, I I knew that my life would be different, but I just don't think that anything can prepare you for how your life changes. And it certainly cannot prepare you for mum guilt, which you just, I just, even if you are aware of the concept of guilt (laughs) before you have kids and you can understand the concept of mum guilt, you know, you feel guilty if you drop a ball or you feel guilty if you go to work and leave your kids with, you know, a nursery or something. People understand the concept of it, but until you're actually in it and experiencing it, I don't think you can appreciate the intensity. So I was transported back to when the girls were smaller And basically, if you've listened to any of my other podcasts, the ones that are the earlier podcasts about me experiencing burnout, 
that was when the kids were younger and I basically just became this machine getting things done all day long for other people. It was unhealthy. There was no space in my life in terms of headspace, time, energy, focus for me, for Nicola. Everything that I existed for was for other people. And there came a point where I was completely and utterly burned out and drained by it. I look back at those times and still recognize that there's still a lot of those bad habits. I can very easily slip into doing mode and getting things done mode and that can lead to me being burned out or drained and I think it's easily done when you're a mum because genuinely you are spinning a lot of plates a lot of the time especially if you work as well or you have additional you know people that you were caring for maybe an elderly parent or grandparent or you just have other life stresses things can really mount up and you know children are demanding just day-to-day life with children, just snacks alone, (laughs) you know, is like an entire job in itself. It's like, you know, being a private caterer, a private chef and waiter. So it's got me thinking about mum guilt because I was clearly slipping back into bad habits and being on autopilot and just doing, doing, doing. And when I'm like that, when I go into that mode, I notice how I really struggle to ask for help. And in my head, it's coming from a place of, I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want to impose upon anybody. But also it's really deep down coming from this place where I guess I feel like I have to prove I can handle it. I have to prove I'm enough. I have to prove I'm the one who can do it. And whilst I was ill and was being forced to rest and recover and recuperate. I was really thinking about this podcast because I was feeling guilty. I felt guilty for doing nothing. I felt so guilty for lying in bed all day. And I realized just how much that guilt was coming from me. It wasn't coming from Simon, it wasn't coming from the children, it wasn't coming from the fact that I'd done anything wrong. It was coming from the expectations, I guess, that I have of myself and possibly some completely impossible standards I have for myself. And as I was lying in bed, I was thinking I must, when I'm better, do a podcast about this. So here I am today. So what is guilt and how is mum guilt different? Well, guilt is when you have a sense of regret or remorse for something that you have done or something that has happened, and that can be in reality or imagined, but there's a sense of regret or remorse. I do think that mum guilt is a little bit different than that because I think we have this just sense of guilt preemptively before anything's even happened we are (laughs) proactive guilt trippers on ourselves so that's how I would describe mum guilt you feel like you're not enough whether it's being a stay-at-home mum and you're not enjoying every living waking moment of it you have mum guilt 
whether it's you going back to work and having to send your little one to nursery, mum guilt, whether it's because you can't actually wait (laughs) to go back to work, to have some grown-up conversation and a sense of, I don't know, purpose, productivity, something to challenge your brain again, mum guilt. And then it's, you know, missing your little one while you're at work and feeling like, oh, I wish I could just give them a hug right now, or that is also mum guilt. Essentially, (laughs) mum guilt does not discriminate. (laughs) It doesn't matter what you do. Motherhood is kind of like one long guilt trip. And I kind of want to start the conversation today to try and change that, not only for you guys, but for myself, because I am just as much a victim to this as as any other mum that I know. And the reason for that is when I was ill, I was really thinking, how has my own behavior, my own mum guilt probably left me in a state where I've been vulnerable to getting sick? And it's usually because... I know you will feel me when I say this here. It's because you've been running around doing everything for everybody else. It's when you've you've run out of fuel. And like I say, if you've listened to my episode on burnout, it takes time to recover from that. But it can also be just if you're a bit run down and that's where I was, I've been definitely busy. We've sort of got a holiday planned, but you know, I was trying to get everything done before the holiday. And you know, as life will do, it goes, nope, you need to rest. I did try and warn you. So it just wiped me off my feet for three solid days. And I really was thinking about how it comes about. How do we go from normal functioning people and women to like just being completely consumed by mum guilt? And I believe it comes about because of three fundamental ways that your life changes overnight when you give birth. The first is that a baby, your baby, needs you. It starts really innocently. Obviously, they're newborn. They need you every minute of every day. They need you for everything. They will not survive without you. And you feel this with every cell of your being the second that your baby arrives. You feel that weight of responsibility and it never goes away. Your instinct as a mother to your baby's cry, to your baby's discomfort or pain or irritation is you want to soothe, you want to fix, you want to make it all better. And that is just ingrained in you as a mother. That's why their cry just pulls at your body in a way that you've never experienced. And when you think about just this alone, just this one thing that changes your life, this element of it, it's enormous. It's an enormous concept to deal with and live with. The second way that your life changes is that all of a sudden you have no time. (laughs) You know, you have no time and no headspace to even think about yourself anymore because babies will have you run around ragged all day long because you don't know what you're doing, (laughs) do you? you? You have no idea what they want. It's like you have to be a super sleuth to figure out why they're crying in the first place. And, you know, that becomes an adjustment. It's kind of like trial by fire in the beginning. It's absolute immersion in this 
new person in this new way of being this your whole life is literally and house <laughs> is literally tipped upside down it's all about them and the third way is that you have no freedom anymore your freedom to make a choice in the moment and go with the flow is completely turned on its head due to points one and two that I've just made you can't just get up and just do what you want anymore even to the point of having a shower or a bath or a full night's sleep, you may have to wait some time. I know with our youngest, I think we waited a year for a full night's sleep again. It's not up to you anymore. You know, you are completely controlled by this little person, this teeny tiny little person who all of a sudden just has all the power. And I mean, we're talking about basic human needs here, eating, sleeping, washing, But the reality of motherhood is that sometimes we can't meet those needs for ourselves in the day when we're dealing with getting to know our little ones and learning how to cope with that, let alone filling up our own hearts, minds, souls, you know, having passion again, looking after our bodies, you know, that is way later down the line. So the initial giving birth and becoming a mum is this massive period of intensity and adjustment to this new way of life. And I believe that mum guilt kind of becomes the result of that because we get immersed in this new way of life and then there's no readjustment later on as they get a bit older and they start to grow and they can do things for themselves and we have got a little bit more space or time or energy. I believe that sometimes mum guilt outstays its welcome. I believe it comes from that original desire to protect our children and to serve them and to make sure they grow and survive and thrive but it can outstay its welcome and I can see how you just get into this habit of doing something for everyone around you for being that person doing 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 serving 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 and that possibly could wake up 20 years down the line you're still doing everything for everyone and not understanding why you're deeply drained, unfulfilled, tired, sad, depressed, resentful. I can totally see how that happens so easily. So whilst I was lying in bed ill, I was really starting to revisit these lessons and refresh upon them so that I could move forward when I recovered in a more positive way and make sure that I didn't go back to just flying around trying to do everything for everyone. Mum guilt for me in the past has felt, I'm trying to describe it, it's kind of felt that I'm being forced to operate within the confines of a small box in which there's just simply no space to be able to see what I'm doing. There's no space or room to manoeuvre and there's no opportunity to take a step back and gain perspective. Like I'm so close and closed in to the situation that it just feels like I'm squashed and suffocated by it. And I believe this is because we're trying to restrict all those other parts of who we are, those big parts of us that were there before we had our children the parts that we really like about ourselves, the parts that we enjoy about ourselves, our greatness, our magic, our enormity. I believe we are trying to 
squash them into this new tightly confined box called motherhood where we're just scared to step outside the lines in any way because we're scared that we won't be enough or that we'll be selfish or that we will fail our children and ourselves. So instead, I don't know about you, but for a little while there, I learned to keep myself small, to keep myself unseen, to color inside the lines, to do what needed to be done and kind of just forget what I was actually about and what I needed. And I'm going to tell you, it's just a one-way trip to misery and depression. Because days as a mom, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a working mom, a single mom, an additional needs mom, a mom to neurotypical children, any mom, they are ridiculously jam-packed days. They're physical, they're mental, they're emotional, they require organization, they require patience, they require care, love, control, flow, be able to relax, be able to direct. They're exhausting. And that's just day to day. You know, we know that we are the protector of our children. And it's understandable we take that role beyond seriously because we know we are essential at first to the survival and then to their growth and to them thriving in life. They're big shoes to fill. Being mum are big shoes to fill. So I can totally see when I come out of my box, (laughs) my little box that I can find myself in when I'm just trying to get stuff done. When I come out of that and breathe and start to become myself again and start to become all of the different parts of Nicola again, I realize how I've made that mistake again of letting my self-worth become tied up in just what I do for everyone else. I think it's so easily done and I think a lot of women do it. We tie our self-worth, our appreciation for ourselves, in how much we manage to get done for everybody else. That instinct is switched on when we become a mum that, you know, people's literal survival is down to us from the time that they're in our tummy growing to the time that they're out here and they're crying for milk. But then I think somewhere down the line, it morphs into something different. We kind of like unconsciously adopt this idea that to ensure that people love, like, need and want us, we need to be helping them all the time, doing for them. And this recent period of illness, while I was recovering from this bug, just really brought it home for me how much of a habit it is it ingrained in me to do that and how sometimes it's difficult for me to not only ask for help but to accept the help. I appreciate the help but it's awkward for me to accept it. I feel like I'm putting Simon out when he's having to pick the kids up from school and cook the dinners and do all the stuff that I normally do just because in general his job just requires a different amount of time, energy, and hours of the day than mine does. So it just works for us the way we, it's not a man or woman thing. It just works for our life the way we have it set up. But I automatically feel guilty if he has to take on any of my stuff, what I see as my role. And that is because I've slipped back 
into this place where I've attached to my self-worth with the things that I do. The thing is, I've learned over the years that motherhood is, yes, putting someone before yourself and being able to put their needs first. It is all-consuming love and at times it is self-sacrifice. Motherhood is doing the difficult things. It's doing the right things. It's doing what you think is best at the time with no experience, no training, and often no clue what the hell you're actually doing. (laughs) Essentially, motherhood is winging it. So when you look at that, motherhood has to be learning to forgive yourself time and time and time again when you make a mistake. I read a quote the other day and it said, it was something along the lines of, there is no one way to be a perfect mum, but there are a million ways to be a good one. And I liked that. I liked that so much because it was so much more accepting of ourselves as humans rather than trying to be, I don't know what it is that we're trying to be, that we need to feel this guilty all the time. But when you're drowning in to-dos and your energy levels are low and you're just doing, 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 it can be really hard to see that you've slipped back into this bad habit again of putting everyone else's needs way above your own. You've made them more important than your own because you're still operating from that survival instinct for that helping to keep your baby alive and growing and thriving that you've sacrificed all else. And like I say, that works and needs to be the attitude whilst, you know, you have babies, young children, you know, their needs grow and change. But there comes a time where you're getting burnt out and you're no good to anybody. That's when you need to take a step back and and really think the mum guilt is not serving you at all or your children. Guilt is there to help you recognize when you're not meeting your own standards, when you're violating your own standards. But like I say, mum guilt is more of a toxic guilt. It's a guilt that doesn't serve anybody, not your children and not you. Fair enough, if you've forgotten to pack their pack lunch again for the fifth day in a row, then yes, guilty is a good thing to experience so that you learn not to do it again. But if you are feeling guilty ahead of even making any mistake, or you're feeling guilty no matter what you do, it's become toxic. At the end of the day, our kids or our partners or whoever else we're doing this stuff for, all this stuff that we feel like we have to keep in control, organize, get done, our to-do lists, all this stuff is not what our children, when they're older, will remember about us. That's not what they will care about. You know, will they remember if I didn't give them a snack one day? Will they remember if I forgot to clean their teeth one night when I was tired and I thought I'd done it already? Would they even realize if I forgot to buy the perfect present for the best friend's party and instead just put a tenner in the card? No. But will they always remember if they grew up with a mum who was sad unhappy, tired every day and racked with guilt. I think that's something that they would remember. And that is why I work so hard 
on refreshing and reminding myself about mum guilt so often. At the end of the day, I think that my children just want their mummy to be happy, healthy, strong, emotionally present, and just there, just there and happy. Because when you think about your own parents, that's what you want for them. When you think about your children, that's what you want for them. We all just want the same for each other. And I think when you look at that, mum guilt, if you use it in the right way, can just be such an enormously strong life lesson. The greatest gift that you can give to your children, I believe, is to be a happy mum. And when I realized this, when I realized that my kids don't care about all the stupid stuff I do for them, they don't care that I just took an hour and a half to make a spaghetti bolognese completely from scratch because I want them to try and have five portions of fruit and veg a day. (laughs) They, They don't care. They won't remember that. Will they remember how I sat with them at the table and we talked about the day and we connected over that meal? Yes. Will they remember that in that conversation, I was happy, I was laughing, I was engaged, I was present, I wanted to know more about their day? Yes. People remember the way you make them feel. They don't remember the stuff you do for them. Maybe they do. You know, I'm not saying that people don't appreciate and remember acts of kindness, of course, but it's not because of what you did. It's because of how you make them feel. People remember you because of how you make them feel. So when I have been reminded that I'm falling into bad habits with mum guilt again and just getting into this zone of doing, 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 tick, 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 I like to come back to myself and include all the other parts of Nicola and get in touch with all the other parts of Nicola the Nicola that loves dancing, the Nicola that loves being outdoors in nature, the Nicola that loves creating, the Nicola that loves doing this podcast, the Nicola that loves blogging, the Nicola who loves just channeling her creativity. I come back to that person and then I see it as a gift to myself and my children when I fill her up because there is no greater gift than when you are so full that you are overspilling when you give to others. The greatest gift I can give to my kids is for them to see their mum energized, passionate, happy, healthy, capable, strong, showing up for herself and for them every day. Because that's what I want for them. That's the legacy I want to leave my children. I want them to know It's okay for me to look after myself first. It's okay for me to advocate for myself first because my mum told me it was. My mum showed me it was and I follow in her footsteps. It was when I first realized this when they were young, when they were three or two or whatever age they were, that the Best Self Project was born. That was when I realized just how vital this was. It wasn't selfish that I put myself first. It was vital because it was the life lesson I wanted them to learn, especially because I have two girls. It's my duty as a mother to be my best possible self, to look after my best possible self. It's the ultimate role model. 
to be real, to be raw, to make mistakes, to teach my kids that it's fine to make mistakes. Mistakes don't make you a bad person. They teach you a lesson. It's okay to make a mistake and then learn from it. The only way my kids are ever going to learn how to forgive themselves and how to show themselves compassion and understanding is if they see their mom doing it. So I took time while I was lying in bed, while I was struggling with feeling so uncomfortable with allowing Simon to do all the stuff that I normally do. I felt that guilt. And then I told myself that it was okay to feel that guilt. I felt bad because it was adding extra stuff to his plate, but that it was nobody's fault. It certainly wasn't my fault. No one was to blame. No one was responsible. It was just life. And I accepted, I practiced acceptance around the situation so I could move through it. Whereas in the past, I would have struggled through, battled on, told him to go to work, I'd handle it and literally just made myself iller and iller and iller. That's what mum guilt will do to you. Whereas when you practice more compassion, more acceptance, you actually fill yourself up again. The truth is, when it comes to mum guilt, you only have to remember one thing, and that is that you can love with your entire being and whole heart and still be a whole person. You don't have to give away parts of yourself, edit parts of yourself, remove parts of yourself, stifle true parts of yourself in order to give love to someone else or receive it for that matter. You don't have to do anything for real love. And you know that more than anyone because that's what you give to your children. They don't have to do a thing for you to love them. It's just there. It just is. And that is the lesson. The lesson of mum guilt is to stop the doing. You have to do the opposite. You have to stop focusing on what needs to be done and instead just focus on the person you are and want to be. Just embody her. You're worthy of everything you have just as you are. You don't have to do anything. Just be. So I have six top tips if you are a lover of that mum guilt just like me and want to transform it into life school for you and your children. Number one is to remember that motherhood is just a part of you. It is not everything that you are. Grab a notepad, and I do this all the time. I actually have diagrams in my (laughs) journals and notepads of all the different parts of me. All the parts I was as a child, as a teenager, as a young woman in my 20s, all the things that have brought me alive in my life that I love, that I enjoy, that I used to love. And I remind myself of those parts on a regular basis. I do this exercise probably every other month. And especially if I'm feeling a bit low, I always tap in and go, which part of Nicola is not getting a chance to come out and shine? And it's usually because motherhood has taken over. The doer has taken over. So write down all the parts of yourself that deserve 
some time in the spotlight and figure out more ways of allowing these parts of yourself to come out in your daily, weekly life. For example, when I first did this exercise a long time ago, I realized just how much I missed dancing. And dancing was always something I did when I was younger, but then I was able to express that in like my teens and 20s because I was going out clubbing. And it was only really when I settled down and had children that I realized it had just been such a long time since I danced. So now like part of my regular routine is a Monday night, I go to a dance class and I just have the best time ever. And it's part of me that needs to come out. I love that performance aspect and that just free flowing movement. There's just no better feeling. So do that for yourself and figure out ways of letting these parts of you shine. Again, let your children see that. Let them see all these amazing parts of you. You owe them that. Nothing will fill them up more than that. Number two, comparison is the thief of joy. If you are on social media all the time, feeling bad that you're not creating all these magical moments, you know, like that person that's always on Facebook doing the all the perfect pictures of the Lapland trip and the Disney trip and that, you know, all these life moments that we should all have. Just get off social media for a bit and realize how much lighter you feel when you stop comparing yourself to others. At the end of the day, my mum and dad always say to me, when we were young and they were they were parents of young children, they didn't know what their peers were doing. They didn't know what anyone else at school was doing during the school holidays. No one knew those things because it wasn't all over social media and life was simpler and people just did their own thing and they were happy doing their own thing. There's a lot to be said for taking a break from social media when you feel like you're just getting into this unhealthy zone of comparing yourself with everyone else. Number three, and I am terrible at this myself, so this is a little reminder to me, celebrate how you rock as a mum. I think we're so blooming hard on ourselves all the time. We forgot this, we didn't do that. Oh my goodness, I just gave them chicken nuggets for tea twice this week. There's a lot that goes into being a mum, more than I think we even recognise ourselves. So give yourself a chance to celebrate everything that you do every day and your accomplishments around being a mother. If you find it really, really difficult to do, imagine that, you know, you're 40 years in the future and you're talking to your own child and they are a parent and you are telling them you're going through all the things that they do as a parent and how hard it is. And you're telling them just how amazing they are and what an incredible job they're doing. You know, how many meals do they make every day, week, month, year for their kids? How many books have you read with them? You know, how often do you play with them and spend time with them? You provide for them. You give them love and wonderful memories. You get them to school on time every day. Well, most days. (laughs) You've helped them to build relationships with other people. You stood at the side of the road and waited for 20 minutes while they watched an ant (laughs) crawl around. You clean their clothes, you tidy their room, you make sure that they experience the wonder that is childhood. It's no easy task. So take a moment and recognize and acknowledge the enormity of what you're doing 
as a mother, as a parent, and realize just how much easier it is to understand how you should be talking to yourself and how you should be feeling about yourself when you just remove that fear of not being enough. And often when you imagine yourself saying these things to your child, because they are more than enough for you, they are everything to you, just as they are. When you talk to yourself like that, you realize just how hard you are on yourself. It's all coming from judgment and fear. So celebrate your accomplishments as a mother. Number four, focus on connection. I'm going to keep this one simple. Put down your phone. Have you ever felt just so miffed when you've been trying to talk to somebody and they're like tapping on the phone or like smiling at the phone, just completely not listening to what you're saying? Don't ever make your kids feel like that. None of us want to be that parent. We've all done it. I've done it. And that's when the mum guilt sets in for me because I've violated my own standards. That's when guilt actually serves a purpose because I've thought, I don't like that I did that. So notice when guilt does serve a purpose because you're not connecting properly with your child and put the phone down. Be present. Number five, understand the difference between responsibility versus blame. You are absolutely responsible for your child, but you cannot blame yourself every time your child gets upset or feels hurt or something happens that is beyond your control. You cannot be responsible for that. So have a healthy understanding of what you do and do not have control over and don't sweat the stuff that you have no control over. Use that as a lesson for your children to be able to accept that sometimes stuff happens and they're not going to like it. But the only way you can do that is to accept it yourself. You can't be in control of everything all the time. That is what mum guilt is. It's trying to be in control of everything all the time, trying to protect, trying to preempt, prevent. Let it go. And lastly, number six, be yours and your own child's best teacher. By using the mum guilt, understand when it's hitting you, understand when it's getting to you. Mistakes don't make you a bad person as much as your mum guilt will have you believe it. Children need to be taught sometimes to just accept that they can't control everything. Things are going to happen in life they don't like. They're going to have to learn how to deal with negative emotions just like you do. And the mum guilt is trying to stop you from feeling any negative emotions. That's why you're trying to get everything done, done, done. Do it, do it, do it. Be on top of everything. Be organized. Teach your children by showing them how to recognize that all an error or a mistake is, is a chance to learn how to do better next time. When you know better, you do better. Teach your children how to practice self-compassion and forgiveness. Help them to identify how to move forward when things have gone wrong, how to make corrections or adjustments, or perhaps just learn what they might do differently next time. Mum guilt is often trying to protect ourselves from experiencing any pain or discomfort because it's so unbearable for us to think of our child in any kind of emotional, mental, or physical discomfort. We're trying to prevent that all the time. Everything is not going to be in your control as a mum. So tearing yourself apart for every single mistake that you make or every unmet standard is not going to improve you or your child's life. 
Sometimes we just have to accept what is, let go of what was and embrace what can be. I hope today has been a helpful lesson for you or a reminder that you need to drop the mum guilt. You're doing an amazing job and just keep going. Practice that self-forgiveness and be your child's best teacher by showing them what it is to be nice to yourself. Thanks for listening today. This has been Nicola Fulstow and you have been listening to The Best Self Podcast. Please be sure to join me on Instagram at The Best Self Project UK and tune in every Monday and I'll see you there. Thank you so much for listening to The Best Self Podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, be sure to subscribe and you would also massively be helping a girl out if you would rate and review the podcast today. I would love to know what you thought. Be sure to follow us on social media at The Best Self Project and I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.